worked on the Museum of African American History, they've worked with Brian Stevenson, they've worked with the Smithsonian, they've worked with the National Jazz Museum, they've worked with, well basically they showed me a slide in their PowerPoint deck and it was almost too small to read all of the different museums they worked on. So they're serious about this and one of the things they talked about is how museums really now have really three stages. There's the part of the museum where you step into the museum and that kind of sets you up for the experience and then the middle part of the experience is the intense part of the experience where the most is going on and then there's now increasingly a sense that you should be sent out from that museum with something you're going to do so if you're in a place that's about civil rights you're going to work for justice if you're in a place that's about understanding science and its impact in the world you're going to be appreciative and dedicated to more good science and I think the scripture is kind of like that because we enter into it never without thoughts in our minds, cares and concerns of the days, other things we're thinking about. Maybe you do something that helps you get a little bit of that out of the way. Maybe you sit for a minute, maybe you take a deep breath, maybe you pay attention to that. But all of us bring to that moment of our encounter with scripture our cares, our concerns, maybe our hopes, maybe our inspirations, and we encounter words, and sometimes they're strange words, they're names that, as John frequently says, it's like reading from the Jerusalem phone book, there are these names that we, we say differently each time, it's a little bit of our Episcopal version of Pentecostal speaking in tongues, it's the way we come on these different phrases, and, and sometimes we come on things that we're a little bit put off by, maybe they're things that are not our way of speaking or our way of understanding, but the hope is that when we take that step and that next step, like entering into a museum, uh, that we're shaped by what we encounter. Now one of the things that was very clear yesterday in talking to this uh, person was that he doesn't see museums as places that teach you about the past so that you're great at trivial pursuits or you can do well if you're about to take an SAT or some purpose like that, but that actually when we come to understand the history that museums communicate, then we come to live differently and better. And the scripture is the same. We can certainly study it and say, well, you know, a cubit that they used to measure the ark has been found to be this measurement or let's get out the map and here's where Jesus walked on that day when he was talking to his friends and here's probably where the sermon on the hill or the mount happened. We can treat the scripture as history and that's not bad but it's thought to be, said to be, posited to us that it is the living word of God. What a peculiar claim. Right? We might find that if we read a certain piece from James Baldwin, it lights up. We would say it's more alive than reading the phone book. Or maybe there's a particular moment in cinema or a poem that really lights up. And the claim is that when we as Christians say that the scripture is a living word of God, that we will be lit up by doing precisely what our colleague says we should do when we step into it, recognizing it as a gift written for our learning as we hear it. You know, there are 
plenty of traditions. One I'm thinking of right now, uh, African small group tradition, where people read the scripture that they're studying, and if there are five people in the group, it's read five times, one by each person, so that it really opens it up and people hear it, and different people put different emphasis on different syllables and make it a different kind of thing. But it's that sort of thing we're invited to hear it. Yes, read it, mark it, and that's highlighters, that's pencils, that's noting a word, that's paying attention to something that popped out, and then learning, and then this magnificent phrase of inwardly digesting. Someone probably knows at what point the food that we ate is no longer visible in our whole system, that it's become inwardly digested and become part of our very being, our cells, our body. And that's what we're being offered here. And that's what I hope that you will do with this particular text because today allows us to have this colic next to some pretty amazing bits of scripture. Isaiah is a very hopeful piece and we know that in the midst of it, we're talking about longevity, we're talking about things that will grow to be eaten, we're talking about blessed offspring, we're talking about the lion and the lamb laying down together and we're talking about things that we don't always see in our day-to-day -day life and so it's a hopeful presentation and then we get this kind of funny bit where Paul is making sure the Thessalonians know that part of Christian charity isn't that you lay back and just receive, but that it's everyone together doing the work of the kingdom and including the work to feed themselves. But it's the gospel I want to point out because there can't be anything more foundational than the temple for the people of Jesus' time. After great struggle, they've reclaimed the land, and after years of great work, they have the temple. All of us have foundations. We might say that our foundation is our faith, our family. We might say our foundation is our community. We might say our foundation is, well, fill in the blank. And here is Jesus stepping into the midst of a conversation and saying, by the way, your foundation will be dismantled. No stone will be left upon another stone. Not that you'll be roughed up a little bit or things will be a little bumpy, but that things will be completely taken apart. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but um, most of us go through some thing or some things in our life that feel like that, feel like our temple was dismantled, leveled, no stone left upon another stone. And Jesus says, by the way, that's not even the worst of it. You're going to be hauled in front of kings and governors. You're going to be betrayed by family and friends. Everything in your life will seem like it's been decimated, but do not worry. I will give you the spirit. And the Spirit will sustain you, will give you the words to say, and not a hair on your head will be in trouble, will perish. Now, for some of us, that's not as big of a deal as for other people. It's like, yeah, some have already perished. Uh, but it's, it's that sense, that belief, that trust that the Spirit will 
sustain us in all things. When you leave this very sanctuary every Sunday, if you look up just for a moment, you will see the prayer that shapes that. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. So when we take this home and we use the collect and read the scriptures, I would ask you to put alongside of that, excuse me, <clears throat> put alongside of that two things. One is, what in your life, a foundation in your life has been decimated or maybe even now you feel like is in the midst of being decimated? And then I would ask you to, in the words that are behind us here, pray that the Holy Spirit would come in your midst and that the Holy Spirit would guide you through the decimation, and that you would find yourself refreshed, no longer contained by the temple that's been built, but in a wider open space. This reading comes to us at the end of our Pentecost readings because in two weeks it will be Advent, and Advent's the time of anticipation of the Messiah coming. And the Messiah comes and we know in that story that the world doesn't have a lot of room for the Messiah. The Messiah has to end up out back with the animals in a manger. That it's only the shepherds, the least of these, who get it. So as you wrap up this Pentecost season and as we wrap up our time together these 18 years of wonderful service and ministry and mission. Make space, pray the prayer, and you will be sustained in all things. Amen.